Boy, guys, it is always a good day, even when our circumstances don't show it. It's always a good day in Jesus. But this morning, it's a really, really good day. We have our executive campus pastor, Jim Plank, that's going to deliver our message. And then we have baptisms. You guys, give a shout to God. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, it is an exciting day when we get to see people acknowledge that they're following Jesus and be baptized. It is always a good day. And this morning, actually, um, we celebrate that with those families who are here, and I'm grateful that there's friends here to celebrate with you guys as well. So it's a fun day for those things at the end of service. Well, this past uh, week ago, actually, Lori and myself were at a national conference out in a place nobody wants to go, I know, but Arizona in Phoenix. Just happened to be warm out there. Sorry, guys. But anyway, it was nice out there. But more than that, it was actually our Vineyard National Conference. And I was so grateful that we are part of a tribe of people and churches um, in the vineyard that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and what happens and how things work. And I was just reminded again, like how thankful and grateful I am that the Father put us right here, right where we are right now. And the way it was kind of set up was uh, they had topics of the day. So there was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They had three different topics. So the first day we talked about the prophetic, and actually um, our founding senior pastor, Di Layman, spoke one of those times. And we would have morning sessions, and we'd have afternoon sessions, and then we'd have an evening session every day. The second day we, had just, we, had, we talked about justice, which is like helping the poor and foreign spirit, and how do we do those kind of things. And the third day... Uh, we were reminded about the gospel proclamation, which sounds kind of simple, but actually it reminded me of something in me. And so gospel proclamation, the simple truth of proclaiming the good news was the third day. And I don't know about you, but the way the Holy Spirit works in me is whenever I get something, I hear something, and it just doesn't leave me, and it just is kind of, it's kind of like keeps going in my heart, I'm like, there's something here. And that was, that was what happened that third day. I actually was like, I told Lori that night, we're sitting in service, and I was like, I, can't, I just can't get this out of my, like, I cannot leave this alone. And so I just kind of was like, Lord, is this, like, for me? Like, is this for the church? What is, who, what is this about? And I felt pretty clearly that I heard this back to me. It was like, yes, it's for you, because as I compared myself to the life of Jesus, I realized, wow, you know, there's some things I need to, like, be called up into. And so, but then also, I felt pretty clearly that he said, no, this is actually for the church as well. And so the church being not just the people in this building, but the church being the people here as well as people outside of this, but the people who are believers in Jesus, the people who are followers of Jesus is who I believe he would, we would call the church. And you know, when I say that, obviously that word is for everyone because the Bible does talk about this very thing when he says, go into all the world and proclaim the good news and baptize people in Jesus' name. That's in Matthew. And so Jesus was talking to his disciples. Obviously, he said that. But it's so easy for us to kind of lose sight of the reality of the simple truth of the good news of the gospel, that that's actually what changes lives. That's actually what takes people from a place of despair and despondency to a place of new life, is the good news of the gospel. And as I looked at that and thought about myself and kind of like, what did Jesus do? Because that's actually a good example, right? We look at his life. It's like he proclaimed the good news wherever he went. It didn't matter where he was at, he was in the market, where he was doing, he was always proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And I realized that one of the things in myself that kind of pulls me back from that, and see if this might be you as well, is this whole thing of hurry. That we get in such a rush, in such a like, hurry to get things done, always something going on, right? That we actually push back the really good things that God's called us to, and we kind of put them on the second burner. And we're like, oh, I'm good, I'm still, I'm still a believer, I'm, I'm good. 
But he calls us to even more than that. He calls us to share the good news with those people around us. And I believe hurry is kind of a real enemy. I think it's a sneaky one. And maybe you found this to be true. I've been reading a book that I found interesting by John Mark Comer, which is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. If you've not read it or looked at it or seen it, it's very short and it's actually really well written and I think you'll find it interesting. He gives some statistics in this book which are interesting to me in this whole thing of hurry. Like we have more things available to us but we actually run faster than we've ever run iPhone did some uh, statistics analysis on their phones, and the average iPhone user touches their phone about 2,617 times a day. Now, you may think that's not true, but um, I was just doing this. We were talking, and David and I were talking, and Curtis was in, and we were just chatting about this, and Curtis was like, I don't know if that's true, and I'm like, count every time you touch your watch. So we're, we're literally setting up the tank and we're up here kind of getting things around. He's like, oh, I did it again. Oh, I did it again. I did it again. And I don't know how many times in those few minutes, but it was a lot. And so it's, it's a distraction. It's the hurry of our life, right? It's, it's what happens to all of us. You know, every time you touch your phone, oh, what time is it? Oh, oh, did somebody text me? Oh, okay. I don't know if you do that, but I, I would encourage you to count it this week. Just let me know how it goes. It'd be interesting to hear. There's actually a diagnosis that's called hurry sickness that is something that goes like this. And here's kind of some things that you might know if you have hurry sickness that's bothering you. The first thing was irritableness. You know, normal things that just kind of like set you off. How about hypersensitivity? You're just oversensitive to everything and everybody around you. Or workaholism, ouch. Uh, Lack of self-care. How about isolation? You just pull yourself away from everybody and God because you don't really have time for that anyway. Like those are the things of hurry that drive us away from the good news, the real stuff, right? Actually, in his book, John suggests this. He says, hurry is not compatible with love, joy, or peace. (laughs) And when I looked at that even further, he didn't say this, but we were talking about this. It's actually love, joy, and peace are what? Fruits of the Spirit, right? Right? So if hurry is not really compatible with those things, it's just an interesting thought, right? But it takes us away from the good things. It takes us away from the really good things of proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus to the world around us that desperately needs to hear it. You know, one of the things that happens when we proclaim the good news is it takes time. So like loving people takes time. I don't know if you've tried to sit with somebody recently and just listen to them. It's not a quick thing, right? It takes time. I just had this privilege um, just yesterday actually happened to me. Somebody I have literally for 20 some years tried to gain just confidence with them to sit and have a conversation. And finally yesterday it happens. And I was really pretty busy and I'd been gone and trying to catch up with things and I thought I don't really have time for this. And so in my heart I'm like guys I'm living exactly what I'm preaching about right. Like This happens to me so many times. It's like, I was almost too busy. I took time. It took about 45 minutes. I took time, but I was almost too busy. For 20-some years I prayed that this would happen to take time for 45 minutes. And it was so, it's like, it's real. It's how we are, right? I almost didn't take the time to share the good news of the gospel with somebody because I was just too busy and too much in a hurry. I was like, Lord, forgive me. That's not what I want to do and not what I want to be. Would you pray with me? We're going to jump in. Excuse me. It seems like I get my cough out of the way. Father, we're so grateful for your presence here today and grateful for 
how you care for us and you love us, Lord. And you, you come and you just kind of call us into stuff and call us up into stuff that we maybe forget or we kind of put on the back burner. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we, these next few moments, talk about the good news of the gospel, that it would burn in our hearts in such a way that we can't help ourselves when we go out of this place tomorrow. We are literally different people who are on fire for you and want to share the gospel and the good news. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think the word gospel actually might be more helpful if we kind of give it a definition. Because the good news or the gospel in the Old Testament is heralded, is what the Bible talks about. It says it's like, <clears throat> it's like the good news of the kingdom is coming. So like when David's kingdom came, they heralded the good news. So the trumpeter went around and, the good news, the good news, the king's here, the king is on the throne. So that's what we're talking about. That's the good news. But the gospel is the good news of the reality that Jesus came was crucified, died, rose again, and literally is changing the world. You know, Jesus' kingdom being here makes a difference because that's what feeds the hungry, it's what houses the homeless, it's what gives care to the orphans and the people who are widows. You know, the good news is that we live, and it sounds kind of crazy, but it's the, the good news is that we get to serve other people. Right? And you're like, I don't know if that's good news or not. But the, actually, the gospel, the good news of the gospel of the kingdom is that it's upside down. And that when we are leading, we are actually serving. So you want to be a leader? You serve. You, you, you serve and you push people up. That's the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. The good news actually changes people's hearts and lives. And the good news actually brings real freedom to people. The good news actually helps us not to focus on all the bad stuff around us, but it helps us to focus on the simple thing of the king is here and the kingdom is coming. And the good news helps us to realize that even though we still have an enemy that prowls around, he's still kind of hanging out, he's defeated at the end. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news that we get to believe and that we get to share with those around us. The good news is that there's new life for people who are tired of living the old way. It's something that we herald around the world and around us where we live. It's something that we herald where we work, where we hang out, the people that we're with. But in our hurry, we kind of forget the good news. I don't know about you, but when I get in a hurry, I can easily forget about those things. I'm like, yeah, I'm saved. I've had my, I've, you know, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm good. And, but yet, it's the good news of the gospel that compels us to share it with others. It's the good news of what we know has changed our life that should change the life of the people around us. So what is it that we're proclaiming? Let's just talk just for a minute. I think sometimes reminding ourselves of the reality of the truth of the simple gospel is so helpful in creating a fire within us that wants to ignite us to do something with what he's called us to do. You know, Jesus being alive in heaven makes a big difference on earth right now. I know, Jesus, we say, well, Jesus ascended to heaven. That's right, he did. But him being alive in heaven changes the earth, right? The kingdom is coming. And it does basically three things we want to talk about this morning, which is it deals with the sin problem, it deals with an authority issue, like who's really in charge, who's, who's in charge of this thing, and then thirdly, it helps us remind us that we have an empowering presence that lives in us. So the first thing, the sin problem is settled once and for all, and Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this so well when it says, after making purification for sins, he, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. In other words, sin no longer rules. He sat down. He said, my work is finished. I'm done. It's been dealt with. His work is done. And because of that, 
we can be brand new people, right? So we can be children of God. You say, how does that work? It seems rather confusing and rather complicated. No, actually, he did the work. We get the benefit. It's a gift. It's the gift of salvation. That's what we call it. The gospel is really good news because sin's been dealt with. That's really good news, right? That's, that's great news in and of itself. But also, it's not just been dealt with, but we also know who's in charge now, right? The Bible says Jesus has authority Overall, Ephesians 1, verse 20, uh, I'll start there, says the Father, God, the Father, raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Right hand, keep that in mind. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I mentioned the right hand, but you know, you've heard of this little terminology, right hand man, right hand person, whatever, but the idea being equal, right? He said he sat down at his right hand. It said he raised Jesus up and sealed him and seated him at his right hand. Jesus is there. And so he is the head. This is an authority thing, so the authority issue gets solved. He is over all and under none, okay? That's what the scripture tells us. He's over all and all, under none. His authority is all his, so therefore, sickness is defeated. Death is defeated. We say the enemy's not departed, right? He's defeated, and he's going to be gone, but he's still hanging around, causing lots of havoc and lots of problems. But most people, if you're not living in the kingdom, you don't know that. So why is that good news? Well, it's good news to know that this mess that we live in is not going to be here forever. It's good news to know that there is somebody in charge overall that has your best interest in mind. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He cares for you. He cares about who you are. He cares about where you are. That's good news. That's the good news of the gospel that the people around us a lot of times don't know. And then thirdly, you know, Jesus received power and he received and he poured it out in the form of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts 2, 32 says, Jesus, this, this Jesus God raised up and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand, equal authority of God, like we said, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Okay, he poured it out on us. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. You see, all power is poured out on believers. That's good news. We no longer have to go shrink back and say, I just can't do it. I just, no. It says he, he's in you. It says the authority is in you. His power is in you. And all this is important because this, this is the final instructions Jesus gave as he began to ascend and left for heaven. And he was talking to his, uh, his disciples. He says in John 14, verse 12, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going with the Father. So because of that, we have the authority in him and us that he has. He's, he's giving us the ability to fight the good fight. He's giving us the ability to bring life to the people who are around us. He's giving you the opportunity to be inside of you enough power that when you go to work and things aren't going well or you're connecting with somebody and things aren't great or you're at school or wherever you might be, he's in you. He gives you authority. Jesus made it clear, though, that we're to do the same 
and greater works. That's what he says, right? It's not me making it up. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know, Lord, I don't know about this. But it takes time for me to engage with people, to love them, to actually bring it to fruition. You know, we're Jesus' body here on earth, and we are Holy Spirit-empowered people. That's so true, right? It's so true. But he also calls us to love people, and that's how people actually often see the love of Jesus. That's how they meet him. That's how their life is changed, is through the love of Jesus pouring through us. That takes time. That takes energy. But, you know, one of the reasons we ask the famous question, what, can I pray for you right now, is because we believe in the power that lives in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus is not dead. He is alive, and he is in heaven. And, and he's active. He's moving. He's real. I'm going to challenge you for just a minute and just do something that might be a little bit awkward for you. But we're going to just take a moment. We're going to pause. And we're just going to let you put your hands in front of you, however you receive. And we're just going to pause. And this active living God that we just talked about, the good news, I believe is going to just give you a little encounter. And we're going to talk just for a moment. Would you just pause with me right now? You know, he in fact wants relationship with you. He doesn't want you just to feel good for the moment, but he wants relationship with you to live in you and empower you to share the good news with those around you. That's the God we serve. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus and you just experience kind of like this ah, moment, and you're like, ah, that's him. He's the loving father. That's the good news. You're encountering the good news of who he is right there. You know, Peter actually was preaching, and he was teaching actually in Acts, in this, Acts 2 that we just read. And he was preaching to these guys and talking to them, and the Bible says that they asked him the question after he declared that Jesus is Lord. They said, brothers, what shall we do? You see, the good news is good enough that it helps people to, to, to just want it. It helps them to want to know more about it. But it takes us being heralds, us being people who are willing to step out and willing to say, the Holy Spirit empowered me, and therefore I'm going to proclaim the good news around me. In verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone for whom, whom the Lord our God calls to himself. It's for everyone, right? Not just for those guys. And he said to them, it's for you, it's for your families, and it's for everyone that Jesus calls. You know, not only is forgiveness of sins just that. That's not just what he offers. He offers Holy Spirit-empowered life. That's the good news. That's the good news that we talk about today. You know, today we're going to celebrate baptisms in just a few minutes. And when we celebrate baptisms, we're celebrating the fact that somebody responded to the good news of the gospel and said yes to Jesus. 
That's the response. Your response is yes to him, and your response is, as the Bible teaches, I believe, to say, we want to show that to everybody else. We want to be baptized. Therefore, we are saying, yes, we did this, and yes, we celebrate what God's done. So this morning, in baptisms, we celebrate with those being baptized what God has already done in their life and what he's doing continues to do as well. And you know, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're like, I don't know about this, proclaiming the gospel stuff. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm saying to you, come, check it out. Best decision you'll ever make is to say yes to him, to stick your hand in the air and say, I'm going to follow him. If you are a follower, which many of you are who are in the room this morning, I would guess that might be part of the reason you're here, I would challenge you with this. I would say, so how many times have you proclaimed the gospel recently? This isn't meant to browbeat you into something. I'm just, when I'm just curious. When we were in this room uh, that we were in up there, there was, I know, a couple thousand people in the room, most pastors and leaders, and when they asked the question, how many of you have proclaimed the gospel recently and we had to raise hands, you know what? It's kind of challenging, right? Because we get so busy and we get so much in a hurry and we think we're doing all God's stuff and we think we're doing all this stuff for God. And he's like, are you proclaiming the gospel? Like, are you showing people the way to Jesus? Because that's what all this is about, right? It's about seeing the people who are far from God come to God. It's about people who don't have a relationship with Jesus getting on board and joining a relationship with Jesus. And God uses all kinds of things. He uses healings. He uses conversations. He uses a lot of things that we're maybe not aware of. And maybe you're like, I don't know. I'm not the street evangelist, Jim. I'm not saying the street evangelism. I'm saying love your neighbor as yourself. I'm saying feed the poor. Help the hungry. Help those who are not as fortunate as you. And then let them see Jesus. Don't just do that, though. Let them see Jesus. That's the good news. The good news of the gospel is when people come and say, I want to be, I want to follow him. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the response to the good news of the gospel. I'm going to invite the worship band to come on up as I close. You know, maybe some of you today are kind of being highlighted. The Holy Spirit's highlighting something in you, and you're not sure what it is. And you're like, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of like compelled that maybe I should be stepping out and doing something. Maybe I should engage in a way that I haven't engaged in before. Maybe that person at work that I kind of passed off that I've been praying for for like the last five years that I could have talked to yesterday and you feel bad about, maybe tomorrow's the day. Maybe that's how this works, right? And so I would just encourage, I want to encourage you in this. If you are a person who is not a believer yet, you're not a follower of Jesus, then this morning is a great morning to start your relationship. If you are a believer, this morning is a good morning to say, you know what, this stuff is so good, I'm going to spread it around to other people. And tomorrow you go out and you change the world that you live in and you change the place where you are by simply allowing the good news of the gospel to come out of your mouth, out of the way you do things, through your hands. The good news of the gospel is too good not to share. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you love us, you care for us. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, you are so good to us. So many times you've come, we've come to you and you've answered prayers that we almost didn't get off our lips before you answered them. Father, we see your power in our everyday lives and yet sometimes it's hard for us to engage. Would you just light a fire in us again today, Lord, for the good news of the gospel, that as we go out of here tomorrow and we go into our workplaces and schools and interact with family, Lord, and those people who don't yet know you, Lord, would the fire burn so brightly in us that we can't help but say, this is the good news. 
So we're so grateful for your presence, Lord. We're grateful for the opportunity we have this morning, even to just share in baptisms. And Lord, the celebration of people who have responded to the good news of the gospel and said yes. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.